You're listening to the Teach Better Talk podcast featuring expert educators eager to share progressive tactics to reach more students. Teach Better Talk is created by teachers and fueled by passion. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 65 of Teach Better Talk. I'm Ray Hewart, and as always, I am with the marketing magician, Jeff Gargas. Marketing magician. Uh, all right. Uh, I didn't make that one up. That one was actually submitted to us. I kid you not. Who is who? All right. Who's that? Who are we giving a shout out to? All right. This is one of my favorite people, but Barb Baker, who is a oh, seventh Barb. grade teacher in Illinois, submitted this. And I, I told her, I'm like, does he handle a lot of marketing? She's like, I don't know. It goes with marketing magician. So let's go with it. <laughs> Well, thanks, Barb. That's awesome. I, I love it. Always love giving a shout out to Barb. If you want shout it out on Teach Better Talk, all you got to do is hit up Ray. Uh, she's at Ray Hewitt on both Twitter and Instagram and anything else. And give her some words to describe me. I hope you'll pick fun words or nice words. Um, and if they're going to be mean, they'd be great if they're ones that I just won't understand. Uh, so complicated words. But uh, that's that's an interesting one. I like that one. So good I stuff. I have to thanks, tell you, Barb. Jeff. I'm creating a spreadsheet and I have I have a pretty great list here. So if your listeners, if you're thinking about submitting, better make it really good because I got some good ones here that <laughs> I cannot wait to use. So can I see the list or are you not going to show me the list? No way. This is secretive. You know what I am going to see, Ray? What? I'm going to see you in two days. Two Did you know that? Days. Two whole days. Yeah, so on, on the 8th. Ninth, we are going to be just outside of Chicago. Wait, it's less than that because are you are you flying? Well, I guess yeah. I guess we're coming in tomorrow, so I'm gonna see you tomorrow. So I'll see you tomorrow, I guess, huh? Because you're gonna come up too. So yeah, I'm gonna see you tomorrow. That's great. This is the better podcast already. Uh, I'm super excited. Uh, We're running a two day workshop um, uh, on the grid method with Chad Ostrowski, and that's being hosted by the amazing Ames Network, which you are on the board of. Yes. I which am, is the uh, associate? If, let's see if I can remember the Association of Illinois Middle Grade Schools. You rock. great organization, um, and uh, we've had a few folks from that team on this podcast as well. Brian, I know Zwemke was on here. So uh, and Steve Dively. And yes, yes, yes. Uh, so good stuff. We're excited to work with, with a bunch of teachers from Chicago area and stuff. But it got me thinking. You know, this time of year, this is when we start to kind of get crazy busy with a lot of training a lot of PD sessions, a lot of workshops and stuff. So I thought it'd be cool to just kind of chat, if you don't mind me throwing it at you, Ray, sort of, you know, as schools, as leaders, school leaders, instructional coaches or PD, whatever, you know, PD leaders, admins, teachers are starting to either plan for, look for the right ones, whatever it might be, maybe end of the year professional development or maybe over the summer professional development or even now planning ahead for, you know, your August, September uh, kicking off the year stuff. What are some of the things that that you see, and as we've done a lot of professional development and worked with a lot of you know thousands and thousands of teachers around the country and stuff, what are some of the things that 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 people should be having in mind and be looking for or planning for when either either looking for or planning their professional development like a workshop or something? You know, Jeff, I think my answer is gonna not be well liked. To be honest with you, is that okay? <laughs> sure. Because I think the battle of great professional development is not just who's facilitating it and wanting to obviously go to something that's 
research supported and, you know, there's data to support how much it's impacting students, but it's time. Um, you know, we were joking about this Chicago workshop we're having in a day or two, and pe- teachers are really thrown by, wait, I'm going to I'm going to work on something for two whole days. And it's like, you know what? It's okay for you to spend time working on on you, working on work for your students. You know, as educators, it's it's easy for us to say, oh, yeah, I'll go visit that one hour session at the conference. But the problem is that you usually soak up all this information in an hour and then you don't have the time. You haven't been you haven't given yourself enough grace to have the time to then go implement it the right way. And so you're kind of playing this this clock of needing to set aside time to work and how can that be incorporated into your professional development. You know, when you when you go to a workshop that's that's two days, the majority of those two days should be work time for teachers. So that you're not just soaking up information and taking pages and pages of notes, but you then have time to think about your kids in your classroom and your colleagues and your co-teachers and your standards, and then see how it applies to you. I mean, have you been to a professional development, Jeff, that either did or did not do that model? And have you seen any any difference in an impact it makes on the teachers? Yeah, absolutely. And I would say, I mean, if, if the question was flip, I'd say the exact same thing. I mean, you're, the, the time is so big. And, and I'll say that f- the proof is the fact that, you know, when we do a two-day workshop, like you said, a large, large, the majority of that time is time for teachers of work because we, you know, because we developed everything that we do based from the classroom and from the mindset of a teacher, uh, you know, one of the biggest things, and it was Chad that really was really dead set on this, is that he hated going to professional development um, and finding something that maybe that he really wanted, that he liked and thought was really valuable and wanted to put in. But then it was like, hey, let me talk at you for two hours, three hours, six hours, eight hours, and then you can go home and do 12 hours of work. And so we said from the beginning, we're like, hey, we need to give time. And so we do. We do a lot of time when we do our two-day workshop. And here's the crazy thing, right? The number one thing that we get when we – because we always survey our you know teachers that work with us in workshops. And we always ask them, what could we do to make it better? And the number one thing we get all the time is, man, I wish we just had a little more time. <laughs> we're like we, – you know what I mean? And we give them a lot of time. And they and it's funny though because a lot of times it's what was – you know, what was one of the things you loved? You know, I love how much time you gave, gave us to work on things. And then literally the next question is, what would you, what can we do better? More time. And a lot of times when they're like, and then we have a question that's usually like, what would you like your, you know, your administrators to know? And a lot of times, the majority of times, it's again, they say, would love, would be great to have another day to continue work on this. They want that time. Like it's so important because there's a lot of other stuff you have to do. So to try and take something new and implement it, that time is, is absolutely crucial. And the other piece that I think, Ray, that's really, really crucial is follow-up. Yes. Oh my gosh. So follow-up. here, the way I always describe is like, yeah, when we're all in a room together and we're talking about whatever it is, um, whether it's mastery learning, standards-based creating the grid method, you name it, whatever, we're all excited about it and we're all focused on it. So everyone's like, yeah, this is great. We're going to do this. But guess what? Then we all leave that room and you go back to your normal, your room and your job where you have 5 million things to do. And now you have to focus on that and you do that. And, you know, your admin teams, like they want to support you. They'll do everything they can to support you. But the thing is, they've got 5 million things to do too. So sometimes 
that support isn't built in. So we always recommend find someone or some way to support. If you can't do it internally, find an external source, the person who's providing training, whatever, to do that. Otherwise, if you're going to do it internally, take the time to plan, figure out who's going to provide that support and how. Make sure it's realistic. Make sure that the expectations are set and, and how teachers can get that support, which then the other third piece I'd say is, is clarity on what the expectations are for any type of training. Whether I'm, if I'm, we're training on a new system, a new piece of tech, a new curriculum, a new grading system, new whatever, what are the expectations that your teachers need to have going in or what do you have for them? Is it everyone needs to know how to do this on Monday after we're done training on Friday? Or is it, hey, we're going to work on this over the next six weeks with the goal of getting it in place? Or is it just, hey, we just wanted you to have another tool in your tool belt to pull out when you need it. So very clear expectations of of what is expected to, to happen after this training. And then also, I think, along with that communication is also how does this fit in with everything that we're already doing? Really, really crucial pieces for sure. Jeff, there is absolutely nothing cooler than sitting with a teacher and working with their standards, talking about their students, and really having time to process and reflect through really bringing best practice into their classroom and then going back to their classroom Mm -hmm. five, six, seven times throughout the year and seeing it in action. I mean, that is like, I guess that's more from like the admin trainer perspective than, than the teacher sitting in the, in the workshop where they had the time to do it. But it is so cool. And when you talk about time, it's not just the work for your classroom, but time to process time to time to ask, you know, with that follow-up visit, Time to say, hey, I've been doing all these things, but here's the hiccup I've run into. I mean, the time to talk through those is so amazing. So if you're listening right now, um, hey, by the way, if you're in Chicago, you can come to the workshop in like a day or two. Um, Yeah, come hang out. It's at aimsnetwork.org. You can go register there. But as a side note, if you're planning your professional development, whether it be for your staff or for yourself, consider that, that time, that follow-up, and that clarity, no matter who is doing it, because that will really add to the excitement and the value that you can get out of it. Awesome. And I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to, be, I'm going to be a loser for a second. But speaking of excitement and value, let's talk about this episode. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. It's like, a, a, you know, like a it's like a horror no, this was a great episode with Wilkie. This was a great episode. So we've got Wilkie Law the third, who is just he's just awesome. We love Wilkie already. So Wilkie is the co-creator of the Lighthouse Educator Development Project or the LED project, which is an awesome nonprofit that we discussed with there. And we had his co-founder or co-creator Kyle Kruger on a while back on a great episode. I still don't know what episode it is. I don't know why I haven't looked that up, but it's a great episode as well. Um, Wilkie's also a math skills specialist in Texas. He's uh, nine plus years in education, had kind of a really cool road to his uh, to get into the classroom. Didn't start there. Um, but his his path there is really awesome. I love the journey. We dive into that a little bit in this episode. He's also the co-host with Kyle of the Value Ads Value Podcast, which is a phenomenal podcast. So you should like pause this, go subscribe to that, and then come back really quick. Um, but we we you know we had Kyle on, and we had such a good time with him, and there was so much value there. And he 
I think you actually say it in this this episode with Wilkie that you can't have a conversation with Kyle without hearing about the amazingness that is Wilkie. Yeah. And we also found out that you can't have a conversation with Wilkie without hearing the amazingness that is Kyle, which just they're just an awesome duo, um, and I'm super excited to, to meet him and to, to run into him in person uh, this June at Summer Spark in in Milwaukee. But uh, super great guy, really really awesome episode. I wanted to see before we get into it, Ray. Was there anything that really jumped out about Wilkie's stories and his answers that that you really want listeners to to focus on and, and be ready for? You know, this podcast episode has a lot of those like heart wrenching stories that pull at your heartstrings. Mm. And I think the the biggest element I pulled away is we focus a lot on content, on scaffolding information, on kind of like the the grit and the rigor of academics. And this episode is really about taking a moment to remember how much you're impacting the people around you. And um, I just thought that was such an important takeaway that, you know, he's not only passionate about doing right by students, but he's got some incredible stories and it's okay for us to take a moment and be like, wow, we're doing some good stuff and we need to keep being as incredible as we are. Absolutely. And with that, let's get into episode 65 with Wilkie Law III. All right. So we are here talking to Wilkie Law III. And Wilkie, we're super excited to have you on here. We had your co-host of the Value Adds Value podcast and I believe your co-founder of the LED Project, your nonprofit. Kyle was on here. Ray, I can't remember what the episode was. It was a while ago and it I'm, I'm upset that I, I really should have looked and see what episode it was before I started talking, but I didn't. Uh, so we'll figure it out. But it was an awesome episode. Kyle's a great guy. And Ray was saying before we hit record here, and it's the truth, that it's hard to have a conversation with with Kyle without him talking about the awesomeness that is Wilkie. So we're super – this is like – we're basically meeting royalty right now. So we're really excited <laughs> right now to have you on. Um, we booked this a while ago. I think right after we got off the recording with Kyle, we got it all set up to book you, and we found a date that works. So, man, we're really just excited to have you on. Really appreciate you taking time to to chat with us tonight. How are you feeling? I'm really feeling great. You know, here in Houston, we've had some great weather. Uh, we've had some opportunities to get out and kind of be be one with nature for a little while. And being off from school really helps out a lot too. You know, so. Uh, getting that time to reflect and kind of rejuvenate before we go back into this last swing. So, doing great. And I want to thank you guys. I mean, it's been an honor. It's been, a, I've been so excited. I remember the date because it's my brother's birthday today. And so, um, as I was talking with him earlier, I was reminded, I was like, you know, I, got, I remember I had the podcast tonight. I was excited because <laughs> it's not too often that we get to sit on the other side of, of yeah. the table. So, I'm kind of excited. What's your brother's name? Cedric. 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 Well, Cedric, happy birthday to you. I hope you had a fantastic one. This is coming out a little bit after your birthday, so you get to kind of relive your birthday right now. So absolutely, that is, that's Ray and I's birthday gift to him. So Thank awesomeness. You. Thank you. <laughs> well, Wilkie, I know that um, we've got to hear a lot about Kyle, and he's great, but we are really excited to learn all about you. And so would you mind um, telling us how you usually describe yourself and all that you do? Um. I'm an educator, and I, I like to say that I'm a different breed of educator. I think I'm a perfect mix of old school and new school. Uh, this is my 12th year in education, and um, my first year returning to the classroom after serving for a while as an academic coach. And it's I feel like a first year teacher. Like I, my zeal, uh, my determination, my my 
you know, ability to bounce back from from those failures that we have in the classroom feels like a first year teacher. Like I'm ready to tackle that. And, you know, that's that's me in a nutshell. I kind of didn't know I wanted to teach. I did, in a sense, because uh, it was my third career, third or fourth career choice after I graduated college. I didn't come straight into teaching. So, um, yeah, it was a little interesting to, um, you know, come into this space where I feel like I this is where I should have been the whole time. Oh man, Wilkie, well, okay, that's so. gonna get us off track right away. So, <laughs> well, because so anybody who knows me knows I've been a, I've done a lot of different things. I've been in a lot of different positions and in, in different industries. And I say now that this is the first time I feel like I, I am where I'm supposed to be, and somehow all that led me here. So I gotta ask. So this was you said your third career like career path that you've taken since there. Where where were you before? What was what's your background? Uh, I started out in uh, MHMR. I was working as a qualified MHMR uh, technician where I would teach uh, dual diagnosed adults life skills in their home. Um, and I did that through college. Uh, most of my college, I worked for different, you know, Austin State School. I worked for different, uh, you know, short term residential treatment facilities, uh, some long term. And so that's kind of where my background failed was in mental health. And then I shifted gears after I graduated and I started working for Job Corps, which kind of got me in education. Uh, I was a career counselor and they put me as the senior counselor over all of the uh, orientation students, which was gave me an opportunity to kind of interview kids one on one who had failed in school, had dropped out, um, you know, were seeking their GED, looking for a trade to kind of do something different. And that kind of gave me my first taste of a of a system that was failing a lot of kids. And so uh, after that, I went on to work for Kaplan University uh, doing student resources, um, the student resource director. And I kept dealing with the same thing. And, I, and finally, I just say, you know what, let me just leave this and try to see what the problem is in the schools. And I started substitute teaching. Um, and I was offered a position as a permanent sub and then later as a teacher's aide. And then I got my certification a year after and started teaching and haven't left since. I mean, it's been, it, 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 it's where I needed to be. Hey everyone, while we take a quick break, I just wanted to share with you how much I appreciate hearing from all of you about how much you're enjoying our Teach Better Talk podcast. If you're listening right now on a cell phone, make sure you take a screenshot and share it with us on social media with hashtag teach better. Don't forget to tag Jeff and I because we absolutely want to be a part of your journey listening to Teach Better Talk. I, I love the path. So did you find that the, I, I would think that the MMHR and then the job core, like and that, that experience really, I imagine that helps you in the classroom so much, just in the way that you analyze behavior and what's going on and how you approach situations, how you handle your management issues that may or may not arise. So is that, am I correct in thinking that? Does that really help you? Cause the way you're just thinking about the mental health piece and then the, the working with them, you know, the, those that have, you know, in the job core position, I, I got to imagine it just gives you a little bit of a different look at the, at the individual and their, their mental state. Right. It, it forces me to look at the, the entire culture because I've seen yeah. it on both sides. Um, and so for me, it's really like I think it all kind of bridged the gap to where I am uh -huh. a lot faster than what it would have been. Because mental health teaches you to remember the person, the human and not the behavior. 
So dispel the behavior, but cherish the human, this, the human side of people. And as a teacher, I mean, I don't know how many times I've been called names, you know, in my career, you know, sure. how many times I've been told to go do something with myself. Uh, <laughs> but yet and still, it, it, it reminds me of, of a need that someone is in need and they just don't know how to express it. So it kind of gives me, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm a lot more level headed. I think if I would have gone into, um, if I would have gone into education right out of school, I don't think I would have been as prepared to deal with some of the things that I, I deal with, you know, on a daily basis. Very cool. That's awesome. I appreciate you sharing that and, uh, in kind of your journey for getting there and glad that you found where you're supposed to be and that you're there now, man. That's awesome. So, uh, let's, let's talk about, I want to talk about failure for a minute. Uh, I want to talk, uh, see if you could share a story with us about a time in your life that you had a stumble, you had a fall, you had a failure. Can you tell us what happened? How did you overcome it? And what'd you learn from that? Uh, I guess it starts with my story of, of what really pushed me into education, the re reflection of it. Uh, because when I was in the sixth grade, I went through a tough time in school and my parents divorced, uh, became rebellious. Um, I didn't connect with anyone. And I had a teacher, uh, my sixth grade math teacher, I won't name her name, but she set me in a corner, um, you know, and said, basically, that's the do nothing corner. And that's reserved for you. And she called me Mr. Do Nothing. And um, that went on for about two months. And I think it was around October or November in that year. Uh, I just stopped going to class, to her class. And then it slowly went from stop going to math. And then I didn't go to science. And I would show up for first and second period because that was my PE and my band because I love band. And then I would skip the rest of the day. And they literally, um, had to retain me, considered me a dropout because I had so many uh, extensive absences. So from that failure, um, I realized how important it is to kind of get to know people and what they're going through before you pass judgment on who they are or what they're capable of doing. Um, and it makes failure for me that much more, um, I'm not gonna say exciting, but I look forward to it because I know that when you fail, there's a lesson there. And so, you know, my mom, I had a strong mother who, this was before the days of the, you know, with internet where they had the robo calls in your absence. They would send letters home back then and I would intercept them from my sister, forge my mom's signature and, and send them back to school. Um, so it wasn't, you know, like I said, it was a different day and age um, and a different time frame that allowed that to happen. But I think the biggest lesson my mom taught me because after that whole scenario, we moved neighborhoods but she made me wake up earlier to go back to the exact same middle school, the exact same classes, the exact same teachers until I passed. And she would not, because we had transferred districts, it was easy for her to say, oh, you know, he was in the seventh grade or, you know, give me a fresh start over here in the sixth grade. And she said, no, you need to go here and face these same people that you failed on to remind them that, that you don't fail and give up on anything. And so that kind of, I tell everyone that moment in my life is etched and that kind of shaped the character and the person that I became as an adult. Your mother sounds like an amazing person. Oh, she, she, she was, she was, this is actually our, we're celebrating her 24th year. We lost her uh, 25 years ago to breast cancer. Um, but the lessons that, that she, that she's left, I mean, it's for my own daughter. It's one of those ones that I still pass on to her to understand 
Hmm. It was a great lesson. So now let's flip it around. Let's talk about a success you've had. And this can be something big, something small, but tell us what happened. Why was it a successful moment for you? And what'd you take away from that? Oh man, I, I would have to say my proudest teaching moment is uh, the biggest success that I can say was the growth of a student of mine who entered my classroom on the first day. She, she, she reminded me a lot of herself. She had a lot of failure, a lot of doubt, lack of confidence. And her mom introduced me and introduced herself to me and said, I know this is my, I know my daughter's never passed a state test since she's been testing. Uh, they told me that that you're a good teacher and I just know that you can help her become a little bit better. And I, and I looked at the little girl and I asked her, I said, do you feel like you can be successful with me? And she looked at me and she kind of looked odd. I was like, it's just a simple. She was like, yes. I said, then shake my hand. I said, if you shake my hand, that's a commitment to you doing everything I'm asking you to do to help you be better. And she shook my hand and she went from a F student in math to being an honor roll student to being more successful on the test than she's than most peers who had done better than her the previous years. Um, and she, her mom wrote me a nice letter that I still keep and I reflect back on that said, to thanking me because that success has continued because now, you know, she's a sophomore, she passed her EOC for ninth grade algebra one on the first try, didn't have to do any retakes and has excelled mat mathematically in a way that her mom never thought that it was possible. And to me, that's like what I teach for, you know, to to see not not that you're just successful with me, that but that that success transcends my classroom and goes on to other areas of your life and you just become successful. So that's like my biggest moment and proudest moment that I could think of. Oh, I just got chills. That was a great <laughs> success story. Yeah. And I, I tell the I tell the student her name is Brianna and I tell her all the time. I tell all the time that. I talk about you all the time and she said, you can. And I told her, I said, whenever I write a book, you have a chapter because you've taught me so much as about myself as a teacher, about how to recognize greatness in students and pull it out of them. Because again, I had not been able to do that to that magnitude with a student who came in. I mean, you saw her come in like rolling on all fours were on flat. You know, she had no go get up and go. And by the time she left my classroom, I mean, she was, you know, participating in different social activities and doing different things because success breeds confidence and confidence makes you want to be more outgoing and make you want to make those failures and know that you can bounce back from them a lot faster. So, you know, Wilkie, I connect so much with your stories for a thousand different reasons. But what I love is not only your passion for what you're doing, but you intentionally in all of the stories you've shared take in moments to value your students and really get to know them. And I think if that if we could all, you know, teachers run a, th a million miles a minute because we're juggling a thousand different balls in the air. And if we can each, you know, take a moment and have those purposeful connections and really make make those steps to to see our job as more than a more than a career, but as a really purposeful time to impact students' lives far beyond when they, you know, are in our classroom. I think that we could really live in a, an amazing place if every educator did that. So I love that that was such a focal point in your stories. But I want to flip it a little bit and ask you, what's exciting you these days in education? What's what's keeping you moving, keeping you grooving, and really fueling your fire? Ah, my students. 
growing them. Um, like I said, I spent three years, three, three and a half years out of the classroom as a team lead and as an academic coach. And I, I, I'll be honest with you, I was miserable. Like, like most people, you know, I, 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 you know, became a teacher. I loved it. You know, I got my master's degree. I was looking for advancements. I wanted to move into a different arena. I've had great mentors as, you know, principal mentors who really pushed me. And, um, and when they moved me, they under the guise of now your classroom is getting larger. So, you know, and so their influence grows. So I, I bought into it and then I was miserable. And so I had the opportunity this year to actually teach within my community that I live in. And, um, and, I, and I jumped at the idea to go back in the classroom. So the thing that's exciting me right now is going in and watching my kids grow you know, watching them. I, I, I'm a, I'm a, I, I told my principals that when I first got hired, I think that I'm an okay math teacher, but I think I'm an amazing life teacher. Uh, I think the life lessons that I teach to students, especially our urban students that we work with uh, in our school and within our district, they're not awed and wild and willing to follow you because of your content prowess and how well you can, you know, teach a lesson and differentiate instruction, they 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 want to follow you because they want to connect with you. And not from a friend, oh, this is my homeboy. I can talk to Mr. Law any kind of way, but from a sense of, you know, hey, I respect you. I see something in you because you see something in me. And that forces that connection. And I think that every single day that I get an opportunity to go into the classroom, that's what excites me. Because it, it, it's those little sparks that reminds me there's hope that what we're doing, you know, we're not, you know, we used to say we're the low people on a totem pole and, I, you know, as teachers. And I say, even if we are, the revolution starts at the bottom, not at the top. So put us at the bottom and we'll be part of a revolution that'll change the minds of young people all over the world because of the people that we have in our classroom today. And I think that that, like I say, that spark of hope gives me the excitement to kind of keep going and, and to, to do what I do every single day. So what advice do you give those educators, right? The educators that love what you're, what you're speaking and really connect with your stories and, and want to live a life more similar to, to impacting students in the way that you are. What, what advice do our teachers, whether first year in the field or, I mean, 25 years in the field, no matter where they are, what advice do they need? Focus on relationships. I think our push in education has been you know, everybody's, the three R's have been kind of the buzzword for the last 10 years. You know, you want the rigor, you want the relevance, you want the relationship. And I think we've done a great job of upping the rigor to a certain degree. We make it relevant. We try to incorporate all the students. I think the missing link is connecting with our students. You know, when you look at Gallup polls, when they say that, you know, 25% of our students, uh, only 25% of our students who graduate high school say that I believe a teacher in my building cared about me. So that means we're putting out 75% of the students that graduate are saying no one in my building cared about me. I was just a number. I was just a passing body to come through sitting in a classroom. They didn't take any special attention to me. And I think that's sad when education, the whole point of education is to connect with other human beings and to draw out of them the greatness that's in them. And I think 
if we don't build those relationships, those, you know, we will never ever be able to find the greatness that's in all of our students and them live out to their full potential. So I would say relationships. That's I, I teach relationships over content because you know I think it was Dr. James Comer who said uh, there can be no significant learning without significant relationships, and that's kind of where I hang my hat in my classroom. Is that I spend the first two months building relationships with my students. I need you to know me. I need you to know my quirks. I need you to know that it's okay to fail. I need you to know that it's okay to cry. I need you to know that it's okay to have a bad day and, and, and the voice that, and everybody respect that. That it's okay to believe whatever faith you believe. It's, you know, it doesn't matter if we're standing for the national anthem. If you don't want to say it, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to force you to say it, but we're going to have a conversation about why you don't so that you can understand why you're making a decision. And I think that building those connections early it kind of strengthens that that sinew between the teacher and the student so that when you get through those rough patches where they don't want to do work or they don't want to do projects or they're ready to, you know, they're running on E and school's almost over, because they like you, because they respect you, because they understand you, your days are not as long and arduous as they would be if you had not had those relationships from the beginning. Mm. Powerful, powerful advice, my friend. Awesome. I'm loving it. Uh, let's see, let's, let's have some fun here. Let's, let's see if you can do better than Kyle on this one here. <laughs> so we're going to go back uh, after you're done. Like we're going to go back we're going to compare. We're going to see who does better here. So we're going to do the next six questions and your goal, Wilkie, is to do them, answer them in 15 seconds or less. You ready to go? Answer all six in 15 seconds or less. Well, e each one 15 seconds or less. Okay. He's like, oh, I could do that. That's easy. Yeah, he seems like I think he was ready to take on all six in 15 seconds. Like, that's, <laughs> dude's like ready to roll, man. No, you got 15 seconds each, which actually is a lot. A lot of people like to say it and then like give a little description. Sometimes it takes more 15 seconds. But anyway, I, I have confidence, my friend. So let's do this. You're going to do what's uh, one edtech tool you cannot live without? Uh, Nearpod. What is a book that you're reading right now? Uh, Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. Mm. Who do we need to follow on Twitter today? Ah, mm. Sean, Dr. Sean Woodley, Teach, Hustle, Inspire. And what's the best YouTube channel or website for educators? Um, I'm kind of different. I, I like um, uh, Lewis House. Um, mm, yeah, School of Greatness. School of Greatness. Uh, that's yeah. that's like my go-to for it when I need awesome. motivation. Yeah, yeah, that's a great one. I will totally take that. Uh, well, give us a daily, weekly, or monthly routine that every teacher should get into. Uh, meditation daily mm. and what is the best piece of advice you've ever received don't take it personal boom uh kyle who at this point <laughs> come on now we know who runs a show over there on value adds value uh <laughs> well you know i i tell kyle all the time he is my he is my he is the wheels to our machine because he makes a lot of stuff happen um and like I say, it's it's been an honor even knowing this guy for this long. Like I, I treasure our friendship. There's not too many people that I can truly be myself around, um, that that won't judge you. And I, I like the fact that even though we come from different worlds, he was able to look at my world, which is a lot of the world of our students that we're living that you know that we teach, uh, and he was able to see that. And and I think it helped him see our kids in a different way, looking at me and where I've come from and getting to know me. So, I mean, he is, man, that's, 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 he's my A1 right now. 
Well, you guys are a powerful combo, that is for sure. Ray, Ray, when we're not together and you don't know whether I'm going to listen or not, do you speak the same way about me as Kyle and Milky do? You Absolutely know those memes not. where it's I, like I trash you. You know those memes where it's like find find you someone who love looks at you the way so and so. It's like find you someone who talks about you the way Wilkie talks about Kyle. Like that's yeah. that's that's who you gotta find, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I, Wilkie, I unfortunately have not found that person yet. So I might jump ship over to the. Is there room for one more on the Value Adds Value hey, podcast? Is, you know, can our, we do our, our, mission, <laughs> our mission is to inspire teachers no matter what it takes. So it might take the more the merrier. Hey, we can, we can make it a foursome and bring everybody together. <laughs> Wait, how how did I just get dumped on this podcast? What happened? I hey, I said make it a foursome. I said bring everybody in. Yeah, Wilkie I'm, wants to bring. You. I'm not sure why. Like you, well, I gave you the opportunity, and you said you don't talk nice about me when you're when I'm not around. Jeff, I, I was least, just fibbing. I at least do it to your face or like your ears. You know what no. I mean? Like, I was just fibbing, Jeff. I talk very highly about you. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. I believe you at this point, Miss Fibber. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, I just totally ruined the show. I'm sorry. Well, Wilkie, I have the most important question for you, and we're going to try and recover after Jeff's mental breakdown over there. But I want to make sure that our listeners can connect with you. So, would you mind sharing, um, whether it be your Twitter, or Instagram, or anything in between? How can our listeners continue this conversation with you? Um, I would say probably most frequently my Instagram. Um, I do do Twitter, but not really, but mostly my Instagram is what I do. Um, and it's at it's it's dot will with one L dot law dot the third. Um, or you could just hit me at value adds value, which is our uh, podcast Instagram. And um, if you're looking on the website, it's uh, the LED project dot com, which is our nonprofit arm of what we're doing to try to spread the uh, conversation of re relationship building with teachers and students all over the country. Uh, so awesome. What's the, and what's the best place to find the podcast? Is it just on, on Apple it's podcasts on, or on the website? Where's the best place it, to go? At iTunes, uh, SoundCloud. Uh, it's also on um, um, Google play. That's the other Google, Google play, play Google, Google podcast. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So awesome. And you know, you can find all the links and resources and everything we talked about in this episode over at teachbetter.com, as well as those really important links to connect with Wilkie and uh, also go check out the Value Adds Value podcast and their amazing, uh, the work that they're doing with their LED project, their nonprofit, doing amazing stuff over there with Kyle. So we'll have all that over in the show notes. Make sure you check that out and go over to teachbetter.com for all of that. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. And if you can give us a rating review, we would truly appreciate that. And then let's take it one step further again and let's go out and think of three colleagues who you know that need to hear these amazing stories like Wilkie's and share this podcast with them because we want to keep spreading the love. So welcome, man. It was a, a pleasure talking to you, man. It was, it, like I said at the beginning, we were super excited to get you on. We finally got you here. I, I feel like, and I don't know, I'm, I'm just throwing this out. We'll see. I, I think Kyle would be on board with this. I think somewhere in the future, we're going to do some sort of mashup where we do like a, like a, I don't know, like a combination of value adds value and teach better talk, like a weird crossover, like DC Marvel universe type thing hey. going on here. I'm just throwing it out there, man. I just want to tease hey. it. 
People are going to tell us that they want it, so then we'll figure it out from there. What do you say? I'm absolutely down. I'm absolutely we'll figure down. It out. We're going to figure that out when we when, we're, when we actually get to meet in person uh, in about a month or so. My, yeah, I'm excited. Which is going to be amazing, if, and I might as well give that a shout-out because they just put the schedule out today. Summer Spark. Uh, I can't remember the website because I'm horrible apparently today of having things ready. <laughs> Summer Spark just outside of Milwaukee. It's a fantastic conference, and – Wilkie and Kyle are going to be there. Ray and I are going to be there. We're bringing that Chad Ostrowski guy and the amazing Tiffany out with us as well. It's going to be a party. We're going to have a blast. So super excited, man. Appreciate you. Thank you so much for coming on the the, the show and chatting with us, man. We really appreciate you. Thank you so much, and I appreciate it. And I appreciate the work you all are doing to to extend this conversation with educators across the, across the country and across the world. And until next time, let's get out there and let's teach better. 